Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Um, some of you know this. Uh, years and years and years ago, I worked for In-N-Out Burger, and I loved my time at In-N-Out Burger because, well, I love In-N-Out Burgers. But at some point, uh, a friend of mine put me in contact with one of the managers at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And so I went from flipping burgers to serving steaks in a steakhouse. I got hired on as a service assistant, and um, I'll be honest with you, the, the experiences were drastically different. <laughs> I mean, number one, I loved, I loved making fries at In-N-Out because, can I just be honest with you, fries don't talk back. Like, anybody who has ever worked in the food industry or the customer service business knows how, how fun people can be, yeah. right? Especially if you get their order wrong. And so I love being able to cook fries because you could just sit back, you're back to, the, to the, the, uh, the people at the counter, and you could flip fries, and you could portion them out, and you put them in, and guess what? They never talked back. It was amazing. But then when I went to work at Ruth's Chris... I became a service assistant, and the first thing I had to do was when you sat down at the table, I had to ask you if you wanted sparkling water or mineral water or regular water. In and out, we had one water, so if you wanted water, you get one water. But one of the parts of, of being at Ruth's was you had to train to know their culture. I mean, we had to do this at In and Out too, but the, the training was a little more intense at Ruth's Chris. I say intense because it was awesome. One of, the, one of the best parts of the training was you had to try everything on the menu. So for about three weeks, I went in and trained, and I ate a dinner at Ruth's Chris, which meant I got a five-star steak dinner every night for like three weeks straight. And that's great, except when you're used to eating fast food, and all of a sudden you transition to a steak, your stomach gets upset. Because the food is so rich. It's so, I mean, I'm sure there's like a pound of butter in almost everything there. Um, but one of my favorite things is the cowboy ribeye steak at Ruth's Chris. Come on, somebody. Anybody like ribeye? Okay. I loved this training because I had to eat, I had to eat the fish. I don't like fish at all. But I had to eat the fish. Even the fish was good. And I don't like fish. But I'm like, if I, if I was going to say, I think this is what fish should taste like, this is what fish would taste like. It was, it was so good, and, and what I loved about the steakhouse was you could always see people leave happy. They always enjoyed their experience. I mean, there was the occasional few who were just kind of lumps on a log anyway in life, and so they're difficult to deal with. But by and large, people left the steakhouse feeling full and feeling satisfied. Not always the case at In-N-Out. Isn't that interesting? That somehow the, the difference between a, a really nice porterhouse and french fries, it just, it'll sit in your stomach the same way. Well, I, I think it's because somewhere along the line we decided fast food wasn't going to be good enough. We wanted an elevated form of what we were currently enjoying. And I think this applies to the scripture that we read because he's saying, you're kind of like babies in that you have to be fed by milk. So I know Jackson, I'm making you hungry, man. I'm sorry. Um, and if you guys see me playing with something in my mouth, I have a cough drop in. I've got a, a dry throat this morning, and it's just killing me. So I apologize if that's distracting. Um, 
but as, as I was reading this scripture and, and many others, uh, really I noticed a trend. Did you know that God moved his people multiple times throughout scripture? Like he moved them physically from place to place. Every time God moved his people from a physical location, he changed their diet. Isn't that interesting? I mean, obviously there's, there's like the, the physicality of it that says, okay, if I'm going to live here, I'm going to grow this kind of produce. If I'm going to live here, I'm going to raise these kinds of crops. And maybe here doesn't have as much water, and so I'm going to grow something else that doesn't take up as much water so I can feed my family. So there's just like the, the practicality side of this conversation. But then I think there's also the spiritual part of the conversation. And, and if we look in Egypt, if you look at Numbers 11.5, um, it says, we remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic that we wanted. So in Egypt, you had fish, leeks, and onions. Okay? That was their, their diet. But then when they left Egypt and they went into the wilderness, in Exodus chapter 16, you can see that uh, they had manna and quail. Manna and quail. But then... When, when they were in Israel, they had to harvest their own grain and their own wheat. Then there was this promised land. It was a, a land flowing with milk and honey. Which means that there was provision in this land. But every time that God moved his people geographically, he changed what they ate. Every time that he moved his people geographically, they had to grow into a new diet. They had to start sustaining themselves off of something from the new land. They had to start changing the way that they cooked and ate because you can't cook grain the same way you cook fish. Isn't that interesting? But then I, I read Numbers 11, 5, 11, 5 again. We remember the fresh we used to eat for free. In Egypt. So technically, yes, they're right when they said this. Technically, the fish was free. Okay? It's not at Ruth's Chris, but it was in Egypt. The fish was free, but they were not. Isn't that crazy? So here they are. They're actually free. They're wandering around in the desert trying to get to this promised land that God has promised them. And they get upset because they have to keep eating the quail and the manna. Now, for those of you who don't know, this manna was like a flaky dew that dried on the ground. And you could pick it up and it was, it was something that you would mash together into some kind of like a flour almost. Then you'd mix it and bake it into flat little cakes. Now, I've never tried to sustain myself off of flat little cakes. But I would imagine it would take somewhere between three and seven days for me to get sick of flat little cakes. I've never tried to sustain myself off of just quail. I'm very excited for the fall when, when dove hunting season opens. I'm very excited to go get some. But I could imagine that it would take me somewhere between three and seven days to get sick of eating quail. These guys ate it for 40 years. So I, I know that we like to read the Bible, and we like to think that we're holier than the characters in the Bible. So we, we, we read this story, and we're like, how could you complain? God is providing for you. He's providing the same stuff for 40 years, bro. I'm kind of sick of eating quail. If you had to eat the same thing for 40 years, I'd imagine you'd get a little upset yourself. I guess that's what I'm saying. 
So upset that you start to dream about the food you used to eat. Like, oh, remember the cucumbers? I hate cucumbers. Remember the leeks? I hate leeks. Do you remember the garlic? Now we're starting to get into my territory. Remember the onions? Remember the fish? Remember that it was all free? Why did you bring us out to the desert to die? We could have stayed in Egypt and eaten for free. You are right. You could have stayed in Egypt for free. You could have stayed there and endured the whippings, the floggings, the hangings, the torture, the daily labor for free also. You could enjoy the the 12, 14, 16, 18-hour days working in blazing hot sun in the middle of the desert in the middle of summer. So yeah, you're right. You could have your fish. I'm sorry, but I'll take the quail in the tent quietly over the fish in the desert. Just because it's free doesn't mean you're living in freedom. Just because it's free doesn't mean you are. What am I saying? It's time for us to go to a deeper level in our walk with God. I know it's time. I know we're, we're on the move already because of the worship time we've had this morning. I know it's time because of the, of the prayer time that we had before service. But just because the food is free doesn't mean you're living in freedom. In fact, think of it this way. When, when was last time your food, all of your food, was free? For every one of us, there was a season in our lives where the food was free. When was it? When you were a child. The food was free when you were under somebody else's control. Right? So in in our house, my parents fed us (laughs) healthily. (laughs) I came home. I I love to tell this story because it's very true and very dear to my heart. I came home almost every day from school to a plate of freshly made homemade chocolate chip cookies. And we would practice the piano and we would do our homework and we got to sit around a plate of chocolate chip cookies. And believe me, when God created the chocolate chip cookie, he smiled and he blessed it and said, this is good. Okay? My food was free. Rent was free. But I had to be subservient to someone else. I had rules to live by. I had a, a, a family to take care of as I was a part of it. So, so mom and dad worked, um, but then us kids had chores that we had to take care of. We had practice that we had to go to. We had uh, a lifestyle to be disciplined in. The only time your food is free is when you are under control of someone else. But then when we start getting older and we start buying our own meals, I remember uh, I, I went to Panda Express for the first time. I can remember the first time I had it. And I remember paying, like, I think it was crazy money at that point to pay $5 for a two-plate, like a two-entree plate. It was 5 bucks, And it was like, this is my money. I earned this money. This is a big spend for me. But I remember it tasting so good. Oh, it was so great to, to enjoy chow mein. Now, I grew up in a white home by white people, so we didn't have chow mein a lot at home. It's just the reality. Now, we had, we had steak a lot. We, we had great burgers. My mom was a fantastic cook. But I remember buying it for myself the first time and thinking, wow, what a privilege this is to eat this. I wonder, are you approaching the word of God the same way? 
When you pick it up and read it for yourself, are you approaching it as a chore or as a privilege? Say, man, this is, this is good. This is nourishing me. This is speaking to me. When you read scripture, please understand that this is not just something that was written 2,000 years ago so that it could be put on a shelf. This is an actual letter to you. The other option of your food being free is food stamps. And this is not to shame anybody, but the government gets to tell you what you buy if you're on food stamps. So just because you're free doesn't mean, just because the food is free doesn't mean you are. Please understand that it is those who are under a discipline that grow the furthest. Those who are disciplined grow the deepest. Those who are disciplined grow the most. And, and don't get me wrong, the Christian life is not supposed to be a flex contest to see who can get the, uh, the biggest spiritual muscles. In fact, Jesus says it's the opposite. It's supposed to be a contest to see who can get to the bottom first, to serve more people faster, to meet more needs overall. But the ones who flourish under freedom are the ones who are maturing. God began preparing his people for the next phase of their existence by first starting them on a diet of the new place. They acclimated themselves to the new promised land by first eating off its crops. So every time God took his people to a new level, he had to put them on a new diet. And I know a lot of us want to go to a new level with God, but we haven't changed, we haven't changed our diet yet. So you're still consumed with the world, you're consumed with the news, you're consumed with natural problems, and you haven't taken your consumption of the world, of the word, pardon me, to the next level. And so the life that God has for you is waiting on you to begin consuming something new. Because I believe this, God has a very specific plan for every life here. God has a very specific plan to mature you in him. And the only way it comes is by spending time in the word with him. Now we've harped on this a lot over the last six months, but I just, I, I think there's a way that we can explain it that will encourage you and get you to realize it, it, we're, we're done with quail, <laughs> okay? We're done with onions and leeks. It's time to step into the promised land. Maybe you don't believe that. Okay, fine. Then it's time to get out of Egypt with the fish and the onions and the leeks. It's time to get out of the desert with the, the manna and the quail. And at the very least, step into the land that God gave us, that he called us to be his children. And let's start making our own grain. Let's start building our own, our own uh, places that we can grind our, our, our grains together and we can make bread. We can make something more than just these stupid little flaky pieces of bread. We can make whole loaves. Well, you know what you can do with loaves? You can make sandwiches. Oh. You can make French toast with bread. Come on, somebody. Like, do you realize that bread you can eat for all three meals? And have totally different experiences with all three meals? That's pretty cool. At the very least, let's start making loaves. But I think that there's an experience that God wants us to have, and that is to step into right alignment, is to step into covenant with him. The calling on our church, and I'll say the calling on your life, cannot be satisfied by quail and manna. 
The calling of our church is going to necessitate us to go to the next level to begin chewing our own food. We can't be baby-fed for the rest of our lives. We've, we've said from the very beginning, we want to raise up a culture of self-feeders. That means that we are all digging into, on our own time, the Word of God, reading it for our lives and saying, God, how do you want to use me? The calling of our church cannot be fed by manna. It's got to be fed by steak. We've got to get to the point where God can speak to us and he can say whatever he wants to us and we'll answer yes out of obedience, not out of our opinion of what he said. It's got to be out of obedience. So when he says go, we go. When he says give this up, we give this up. When he says stop, we stop. When he says serve, we serve. First Peter chapter 2 says this, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, so you grow into a full experience of salvation. That's interesting. Because what Peter is saying here is, you have that moment, that initial moment where you say, God, come into my life. But you start reading the word and you're still like a baby. His, his goal is for the readers of this to grow into a full experience of salvation. So we have experienced salvation, but have you had a full experience of salvation? I think it's really hard to get full on a bottle of milk. It's time that we start satisfying ourselves with something other than milk. Now, I remember um, when Levi was little. In fact, we, we do this uh, most nights right now. Levi loves it, and, and I'll go into the room He's sitting on Brittany's lap reading a book. I'll pick him up in my arms, and I'll hold him like a baby. Now, he's getting a little big for holding like a baby. But I'll tell him this story. When Levi was a baby, we used to feed him a bottle, and then we would burp him, and he'll go, uh, you know, it's really cute. And I said, then we would pray over him, and I walk him to the, the edge of his bed, and I gently drop him into his bed. And he loves that part, right? Can I tell you something? It would look pretty stupid if you just saw me walking around with a bottle of milk trying to stay hydrated, right? Tony, would you judge me just a little bit? It feels gross. I mean, the milk's cold. But see, you're uncomfortable. That's the point. If you see a grown man sucking out of a bottle, you know something's wrong. And it's not the bottle. Okay? It's time we grow up past the bottle. Now, in the progression of raising Levi, we got past this point fairly quickly. And, and don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful time when you're feeding your kid a bottle. Enter my favorite portion of food that Levi's had. Have you seen these things? These are amazing. Have you ever had one? Oh, my goodness. Well, trust me, because uh, mm, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. This is apple blueberry. I made sure not to grab the one with the spinach in it. (laughs) If you saw me walking around with this, wouldn't you be a little concerned? If this is what I had for, for lunch today, wouldn't you be a little concerned? Like, hey, bro, you might need to put some protein in. Because please understand, you can't be fed off of a bottle, and you can't be fed off of the fruit. We've got to get to the point where we are reading scriptures that are challenging our, our, our spirit, 
Which, by the way, if you read the scripture at all, if you read the Bible at all, it's going to offend you quickly. It's just the way scripture is written. Because it offends our flesh. But it's our job then to say, okay, we are responsible to answer this, to take this, and, and, and put it into action. So when we see things like when, when God says, um, love your enemy as yourself, that sounds really cute. Until you know that Putin just invaded Ukraine. Now it's quiet. So now we've got to love Putin the way that God loves us. So I'm, I'm praying for the people of Ukraine daily right now. But I'm also praying for the guy who pulled the trigger. Because God can work on his heart just as much as he can work on my heart. It says that God has access to every single heart. In fact, it says that the heart of the king is in the Lord's hands. So it is possible that God could speak something to his, to his heart today. That the, the, these talks that they're, they're putting together could actually work because God would be in it. You can't have that kind of love for that kind of man on this kind of stuff. At some point, we're going to have to get to the level where we say, okay, God, no more milk, no more fruit. Give me a steak. I love to grill. It's like one of my passions. Um, it's, it's calming for me. It's exciting for me. So when I see a steak like this, I don't see just a, a piece of steak. I see what it could be. It could be a great meal. This, this could turn into burnt ends real quick. Okay? It could be something really exciting. The same thing is true with Scripture. You read it and you see it for what it could be in your life. Are you willing to take the next step? Because believe you me, I would love nothing more than to tear into this thing and like, let's, you guys want to do this? No? Okay. Yeah. I was going to freak some people out. I already drank out of a bottle. I can only do so much in one week, all right? I want us to realize that there is a next step to your faith. There is a next step to your diet. There is a, a change necessary to go to the next level with God. And I don't know if you're here, then let me welcome you to this. This is good stuff. This will fix the problem temporarily. But if you're still here and you're here and you've been with God for five 10, 15, 20 years, something's wrong. Because when you see me drink out of this, it should offend you. And Tori's like, please stop. Please stop. If you're on this still, I want to challenge you. Pick up a steak. Pick up the steak. Every time I open the word, I believe that God's got a steak ready for me. I read the word like I'm going after a steak. And I trust me, I can go after a steak. But I believe that God wants to get all of us to this point where he's speaking things into our lives. So the baby food, man, this is where you begin 
reading scriptures for yourself. This is salvation, and, and, and you come to church, you're being faithful, you're listening to the, to the pastor, to the worship, and you love the experience, but then eventually you've got to get to the point where you start reading the Bible for yourself. But then what's the stake? Well, this is where you're disciplined. <laughs> this is where you let the Holy Spirit do the deep work. This is where you let, let the Holy Spirit offend your flesh, where he says, I need you to give up this bad attitude. I need you to give up this addiction. I need you to give up whatever it is. And I know that you each have an it for you. But this is where you start saying, yes, and I'm not going to ask why because I trust that you are good. I trust that you have good in store for me. And so I'm just going to follow because you said so. What am I saying? I'm saying no more scripture with a sippy lid. It's time to grow up. We've got to get to the next level. So what is the next level? What's next in your diet? I believe this. All of us need to be sharing our faith more. Across the board. Even if you are a full-time evangelist, you're called to share your faith more. Um, When I look at scripture, and I look at Matthew, and the, the Great Commission says, go into all the world, make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you want to follow me, go and make disciples. If you want to be my disciple, go and make disciples. You know what that means to me? It means I can't be a disciple if I'm not making disciples. When was the last time you shared your faith with somebody? When was the last time you made a disciple? Because, hear me, I'm not trying to shame anybody, but if we're not making disciples, we aren't disciples. The entire design that God has around the Christ life is for it to be cyclical. It's supposed to go through you. You are a conduit. You are something that God uses to get to more people. So you have to go and make disciples to be considered a disciple. Maybe the next step is a little different for you. Maybe the next step is understanding that Your success on earth is good, but significance in heaven is better. There are people here who are so stinking successful, and I'm grateful for it. Because I love being with people who are successful. Not because of the things they buy, but because of their mind. I love listening to people who know deep stuff. I know that didn't sound like I love people who love deep stuff, but I love sitting with people who know more than me. In fact, uh, for a while I was a worship pastor, and one of my favorite positions to be in uh, as a musician is to be the worst musician on stage. What? I want to be the best musician. Yeah, that's cool. But if you're the worst, you got to play like you got to keep, keep up. And I love being challenged in that way. So maybe it's time that we start seeing your earthly success transition, and you stop focusing on that, and you want eternal significance instead. Where we're saying, we're going to bring our friends and family to church. We're going to reach out to them and see what they need. Did you know that there are Facebook groups that are just full of people asking for things? They need help. What would it look like if we just got on Facebook this week and said, hey, I'm going to meet one of these needs practically. Maybe the next step for you, maybe, maybe the stake for you is going to be serving. It's going to be getting involved in one of the ministries here. And maybe... Just maybe there's ministries that haven't been started yet, and you're the person. 
Isn't that cool? That God would use us to expand his kingdom? Now, I'm not going to go much further today because I think, I think you understand the point. We have to change our diets. If we feed this to baby Jackson, he's not going to know what to do with it. If you feed this to, to Levi, he'd still struggle with it the whole time. He'd probably chew it for three minutes and then just kind of spit it out. But if you give this to Pastor Phil, wouldn't it look a little goofy? There's just something wrong with a six-foot dude sucking on a pouch. It's weird. So at some point, you got to change your diet. Here's the cool part. Because in the kingdom there is no shame, there is no condemnation, there is only invitation to come closer to God. You have the opportunity today to say, I'm here, Pastor Kyle. I want to be here. God can do that for you and through you today. But Pastor Kyle, I'm really, I'm really kind of hung up on the apple and, and strawberries and blueberries in this one. You can make the decision today to start having a taste for ribeye. Welcome to adulthood. I want to go to heaven. And at the gate, I, I know that there's going to be uh, the saying, well done, good and faithful servant. I want God to look at me and say, if you thought the steak was good there, wait till you're in my presence. If you thought my word was good there, wait till you're with me. If you thought I was good on earth, wait till you're with me. I think people need miracles right now more than ever before. What if you might be the one to help usher that miracle in? I'm not saying he can't do it, but I'm, not, I'm saying I've not seen a whole lot of miracles happen from people who are still sucking on bottles and pouches. If you get to the point where you're, where you're really diving into the word, you're really letting him speak to you, you're really investing in your relationship with God, miracles can happen. We prayed earlier that God would fill people with his Holy Spirit. I, I cannot wait for the week, and it might be next week, that people start bringing their sick friends here. What if we didn't freak out over COVID? We just believed that people could come in and be healed of COVID here. We didn't tell people to stay home. We said, get up here as fast as you can. Come here, give me a hug. Let me, <laughs> let me pray over you. Because I believe that the, the Holy Spirit wants to heal people. I believe that God can heal people. God is bigger than this problem. What if we prayed over Putin like God actually had his heart? What if we prayed over the people of Ukraine like God really had a say in that matter? Because he does. But you can't pray like that and you can't believe like that on this kind of stuff. Well, how do we, how do we see miracles, Pastor Kyle? Because I want to see miracles, but I just, I don't know how they're going to happen. A dependence on God is how it's going to happen. A dependence on the Holy Spirit's power in you is how it's going to happen. Understand this. God will work through you. He'll even work in spite of you. He'll go around you if he needs to. He just would rather partner with you. I thought about bringing everybody a steak dinner this morning and, and doing a whole thing. I'm sorry I didn't do that. But I will say this. You have the opportunity to eat a steak dinner every day of your life if you want it. 
You have the ability to open up the word and to let it challenge you and, and force you to grow into something that you're currently not. And if we see through scripture that the Israelites had to go from place to place to place and wherever they were, the next place they had to change their diet, then you can't sustain life at this level with this diet. So, wherever you are today in your spiritual walk, it's time to up the ante. It's time to change your diet. For some of you, it's going to look like spending five extra minutes in your prayer time. For some of you, it's going to look like starting five minutes a day having a prayer time. For some of you, it's going to be giving more. For some of you, it's going to be serving more. For some of you, it's going to be giving up things. I was talking with our worship team and, and leaders about the, the higher you go in, in leadership... And really, the higher you go in the kingdom, the more you have to give up. So yes, there are things that are cool in this world, and they're not a sin. But if it causes somebody to stumble, then we give it up freely because we want God's will more than we want what suits us. Are we willing to give those things up? That's steak. That's a steak dinner. I want to challenge you. Start, start changing your diet. And if you don't know what the next step is, I guarantee you if you pray, God will tell you. He's always quick to tell people what he wants of them. And if you need help hearing him, come and talk to one of our pastors. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to challenge you. We'd love to help in that scenario. But I'd love it if you do me a favor real quick. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. There's somebody here who needs to even come into salvation. You need to start drinking the milk. And I'm not, I'm not going to shame anybody for starting to drink the milk. That's a good place to start. The Bible says if you will believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died for your sins, rose again, and is coming back, and then you confess that with your mouth, you will be saved. And so I want to pray a prayer real quick but just a private moment between you and me and God. Would there be anybody so bold to raise their hand and say, I, I, I need to pray that prayer? Maybe for the first time or again for first time in a long time. Awesome. Awesome. Two hands, three, four. Praise God. Guys, let's all say this prayer together as a family. Dear Jesus, Please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and make me like you. Grow me into the person that you have designed me to be and get me eating steak as fast as possible. If you just said that prayer for the first time, there were four of you. I want to tell you congratulations. We are so proud of you. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Some of you rededicated your life. I know that, but this is a big deal. I know that our online family, there are some people watching, and if you said that prayer for the first time, would you just put like the raised hand emoji and we will, we will contact you? But uh, if anybody said it in the room and you don't have a Bible, I want to make sure that you leave with the Bible. Uh, because I, I don't want to tell you to get steak and then not, not hand you a steak. <laughs> okay? The rest of us, I'd love it if you stand to your feet. We're going to close because I know we've gone a little long today. But I want to pray over us as a church. Because the calling that God has on this church can't be satisfied with, with a bottle and a fruit cup. 
we've got to go deeper. So, Father, I pray that you give all of us the courage. Anoint us to go deeper in our relationship with you. But, Father, give us the courage to change our diet. Help us change our diet. I know that you're wanting to do things in us and through us, and I pray that you would release supernatural anointing over people right now to begin to do this work in their hearts. Father, I know that our online family is partnering with us, and so there are people who are watching that need a deeper relationship with you, and I pray that as we study the word, you would illuminate it, that things would jump off the pages at us, and we would understand who you are and what you want to do in us and through us in a better way because of our time with you. Father, this week, specifically this week, I pray that as we open our word together or as we listen to our our, uh, devotions or as we read our devotions, God, would you speak to us and challenge us to change our diet? We look to you, the provider of everything that we have, and we say thank you. God, I'm grateful for the milk. I'm grateful for the fruit pouch. I'm grateful for the steak. And so we submit ourselves yet again to you and to your will, and we ask that you would go before us, lead us, guide us, and bless us. And it's in your name we pray together. Everyone said Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for our weekend worship experience. You guys are dismissed. We'll see you here same time, same place next Sunday. We love you. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.